1: Many of us know that tough times can bring you to your knees. They can also raise you to new heights. You can be stressed to the max on a bad day, yet as long as life seems manageable, you don't usually look for new strategies to get through it. The tendency is to pull yourself up by the bootstraps, grit your teeth, and keep on going. During prolonged or sudden tough times, though, normal defense mechanisms are not enough to keep you from feeling vulnerable and overwhelmed. Speaker, author, trainer, consultant, and online mentor to thousands of 18- to 75-year-old goal-getters from over 30 countries, Marnie Swedberg models and trains balanced BUSY, best unique strategies for you, through her websites, books, media appearances, events, and online mentorship program designed to help individuals and groups maximize their lives as they learn and apply biblically-based success principles. Having survived fires, floods, a tornado, car wrecks, business setbacks, a burglary, lightning strike, ambulance rides, and more, Marnie Swedberg is a comeback success coach who models possibility thinking and profound faith. Well, welcome, Marnie.
2: Hey, hi, Sherry, and hi, everybody.
1: Well, it appears that you certainly have experienced your share of some pretty tough times. So, what have you come to understand and now are sharing with other folks how they can thrive through their own tough times?
2: Well, I think this morning was a great example. Just less than an hour ago, I got a frantic call from the restaurant that the tills were down. They couldn't take any orders, they couldn't process any credit cards. And so, you know, just over there, helping them figure that out. And what you, what you learn is that things do work out in the end. If you will just stay at peace, just stay, keep your head calm and your heart calm and believe that things are going to work out, and even that something good can come out of everything. And then what happens is that you're able to think clearly, you're able to process through it and to go through it. But as soon as you, you know, give in to the temptation to fall apart, under any kind of stress, then that option's available there for you, and then you have the results of that.
1: Right. Well, I know, you know, I'm growing a, a, this is my second business, but this one for, you know, over two decades that odd things happen. Sometimes I tell people business is bizarre because you could be going along just fine and within 24 hours, there's a complete change or drama or problem or surprise or issue that all of a sudden you're you're faced with right now right and so absolutely yeah and so it's it's always interesting to me because one of the things that you know I've learned through the years is exactly that you know do I let myself you know fall into the fetal position in the corner do I cry for an hour and then put on my big girl pants or what is it that I have to do to really pull out my faith and belief to know that, gosh, i got to get through this because there's a lot of people depending on me? You see that. You run, you run a retail store and a restaurant.
2: Absolutely. And I have, a, I have a little saying that I always say is we're just always 12 inches away from death or disaster. And so we can, we, can either, we can either just recognize that we live in a very precarious world. One of, you know, one of the changes recently, part of our retail store is a bookstore. Well, since the, you know, initiative of, of uh, Kindles, our bookstore has gone from being a huge, wonderful income generator to a lot of debt inventory that, you know, we're cleansing off. So you have to be able to look at these things that are happening and say, that wasn't personal. Uh, they didn't do it just to shut down my business. It's just part of the ebb and flow of business. I need to roll with this. I need to make a different plan. I need to bring in product that works. You have to continue to keep your eyes open and your ears open and your heart open to what's the next thing instead of always focusing on what you're losing because the reality is, yeah, it ties in, ties out. It's going to be like that.
1: Right. Well, and and that goes, you know, personally, I always look at everything as whole life, right? So if I'm being affected in my personal life because of family commitments or whatever, you know, that's all in my business life as well because I'm the same person walking through the door, right? So that adage of check your baggage at the door, what is your philosophy on that?
2: Well, I always say, you know, there's an amazing reality is that wherever I go, there I am. <laughs> you know, I mean, I can I can leave a bad situation, but I take myself with me. And so really, you know, and I even think if you go back to Jesus, it's kind of interesting how he says, you know, somebody says, what's the most important thing? And what he says is he says, you love the Lord your God. And if you count how many yous are in here, it's a tremendous number of, of personal focus here. You love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and you love your neighbor as yourself. And so where do you start with that? Even from the beginning of time, we start way back with, you have got to take care of you first. That is that is the only person that you have. I always tell moms, you know, you can only give as much as you got, Right, And that's the same in business. We can only give as much as we've got. And so it has to start with nurturing who you are. And you're absolutely right. You can't just check yourself at the door. You have to walk into the business. You have to walk into life.
1: Right. So in that nurturing yourself, because that's a huge part of, you know, reducing stress. You know, if I'm constantly in a stressful environment, stressful situation, and issues and problems and stuff keep showing up, I'm not in my highest and best self to deal with, make decisions, or come up with solutions, right? And so... You know, as you're talking about nurturing yourself, there's, there's a bigger reason to do
3: that.
2: Oh, absolutely. And it's so not selfish. Um, and I think this is where a lot of women especially struggle because it feels really selfish to take care of you. But the reality is, is again, you can't give something you don't have. And so it's important. And then there's the other part of it that's um, maybe guilt-producing for a lot of people, uh, especially small business owners. Uh, that there are seasons, there are stages that are going to be extremely intense. And I compare a new business stage to a mom bringing home a new baby, and there's going to be, you know, six weeks or longer there where you don't get much sleep or where everything revolves around the baby and that's just how it is. In a new business, it's going to be like that too where you don't get to do much else. You get to focus on that new business, that new baby that you've got there. And it's okay, and you shouldn't, like, You shouldn't beat yourself up about that. I always say, you know, you would never say to a new mom, you know, you just need to really get some sleep here. I mean, you have just really imbalanced in this taking care of the baby all night long thing. You know, you'd never say that to a new mom, and yet people say that to someone who's starting a business or who's expanding a business and is in that stage. The problem, Sherry, comes when we are always in that stage. (laughs) And that's where we know we're imbalanced.
1: Right, right. This is Sherry Hill. You're listening to The Sherry Hill Show with special guest, Marnie Swedberg, who is a speaker, author, trainer, and consultant. And we're talking about, you know, really getting through tough times. And, you know, you mentioned your bookstore and how the whole online Kindle and all that totally changed, you know, literally very quickly what you were used to. I know that feeling, you know, here I am a couple of decades later and doing a a huge shift in the focus of my business and it's exciting and it's invigorating and so this isn't just all around everybody's stressed when they're first starting a business, when you got to make pivots and transition and do things differently in your business to stay in business, it's that same kind of thing, right? And so we can't forget to take care of ourselves or, you know, hopefully utilize a lot of the experiences we've learned and gained along the way to deal with this today in a much more effective way.
2: Absolutely. And just the the key is to, to stay flexible and aware so that you don't just say, okay, this is where I'm going and I'm just going to keep going this direction, that's simply not going to work. Uh, It maybe used to work for several years at a time. Now it's probably not going to work even for a few years at a time. You're going to have to be willing to learn the new thing change. I mean, one of my things that I do is an online uh, mentorship program and online directories. You know, once again, you know, we were doing website revamps every three to five years. (laughs) <laughs> Not now. Now you're doing website revamps every one year. Maybe you can get eighteen months, but things are changing so fast that in order for you to stay with the technology, you have to be willing to move faster and to uh, do what it takes to stay stay with the game. And and it is you you have to have a passion for what you're doing, or you will run out of gas.
1: Right. Well, and that's it. And so, you know, it doesn't matter if you work for somebody else or you own your own business. You know, bottom line is uh, one of the my most favorite books I ever read many years ago was um, Bad Things Happen to Good People. And, mm-hmm. you know, we don't get to control all of what's going to mm-hmm. occur in our lifetime, but we can control how we adapt and show up to deal with whether it's trauma, whether it's uh, positive times, doesn't matter. It's really, and I think that's what you focus on a lot when you mentor and talk to a lot of people. It's it's how do you deal with it, right?
2: It makes all the difference, really, because you can come into any experience any situation and say, this is horrible, and this is going to ruin me, and it will. Or you can come into the same situation and say, this is horrible, and I'm sure something good is going to come out of this. I'm wondering what it could be, and I'm going to start watching for it right now. What should I do? And and you, it changes everything. It changes it changes your entire energy level. It in cha- it changes how you experience loss. Um, you know, I have a story. Uh, my, my father died suddenly, and um, he... He had just been up at our store for, like, a week and helping us, and he was just moving everything around, and anyway, he was just fine, and we were going to have supper with him that night and uh, walked out of a buyer's show, and there was just a message on my phone that just said, Marnie, your dad is dead, and that was the message. And we're walking across the parking lot kind of in shock, (laughs) and just like, what? What? He was just fine. Um, And I looked at my husband, and I said, you know what, Dave? I said, if this is true... And my dad really is dead. Then he got to die in just the way he wanted to, because he had always said that he never wanted to become a burden. And I just, right in that moment, had something positive to hold on to. Sure, I still grieved and I still miss my dad now. But um, I was able to turn a devastating blow immediately into the reality that what was bad for me was good for my dad. And my dad was now happy and free of life and uh, living the rest of eternity with God. And I was going to miss him, but he was fine. And, you know, we we have the opportunity to do that in any situation or not.
1: I agree. And, you know, again, it's, you know, no one here is saying that everything is about, you know, we got to stay positive all the time. You said it correctly. I still grieved. I still had to go through the pain, but I went through it knowing that, that the outcome was going to be okay.
2: Something good can come out of everything.
1: Yes. Well, we have to go to break, and when we come back, I know you're going to find this a little odd, but you're going to learn why I wish I was an octopus. Stay with us. We'll be right back.
0: Hey, this is Jeff Hyman, your startup therapist based in Chicago, Illinois. You're
2: listening to The Sherry Hill Show. Sherry Hill is important because she really gets it. She understands what entrepreneurs need to do, to build a successful business. Sherry Hill is the Wealth Protection Diva.
4: I'm Brian Cassidy, owner of Junk King Reno. We know you like a clean house and a clean yard, but sometimes things are too big, too heavy, or too much. That's when you should call us Junk King Reno. We're the professionals in the junk and rubbish removal business. Our team comes to your home to pick up what you need to dispose of. You don't need to gather and haul it to the curb. We recycle and donate everything possible before we visit a landfill. We're fully insured and bonded. Call Junk King Reno, 888-888-JUNK. Junk King Reno, locally owned and operated.
0: Sage International Incorporated sparks and fuels the entrepreneurial spirit by providing the strategies, information, education, tools, resources, and ongoing support services that will lay a solid foundation under a business owner's dream. If you're thinking of starting a business and you're not sure where to begin, Sage International Incorporated offers a free 30-minute consultation. Call 1-800-254-5779. That's 1-800-254-5779. Or visit sageintl.com.
1: Did you know that we need four hugs a day for survival, eight hugs for maintenance, and 12 hugs a day for growth? And that's why I wish I was an octopus, so I could hug 10 people at a time. Hugs are great gifts because one size fits all, and it's easy to exchange. My guest today, Marnie Swedberg, is the author of Minute Memoirs, and she is here to share five easy, inspiring, and doable strategies to help us connect meaningfully with our families in the minutes we have. So, Marnie, I'm glad you're joining me today. Nice to be here, Sherry. Thanks for having me. Yes. So let me guess, you're an advocate of prioritizing your family first and work a close second.
2: I had the luxury, I had the beautiful gift of being a full-time at-home mom for most of my kids growing up and homeschooled them all the way. Opportunity to work really hard for no pay. I never got a paycheck all those years. I just got up every day went to work at my home and teaching my kids and doing the things that stay-at-home moms do. And um, so when I became an author and started going out and speaking and when we bought a restaurant, when we bought a retail store and all this stuff happened that pays, it was really no difference for me, Sherry. I just still get up every day and I just work hard all day long and I get paid now for much of what I do and there's really no difference. So for me, there's apps Absolutely no distinction between um, what I do that is paid for and what I do that is not paid for I do it all to the best of my ability every day and so when we say family yeah family is so important it's really critical it is what's gonna be there after the businesses go away after all the busyness goes away and so you really do want to invest into your family
1: right and so when you talk about doable strat- strategies because I was never a stay-at-home mom And I brought my daughter to work the first two years of her life. Um, So she, you know, hung with me at the office for two years. And then when she started walking, it's like I patted her on the butt and said, time for you to go to daycare. Bye-bye. And so, you know, I um, never had that mentality of being a stay-at-home mom and don't know that I could have done that but still you know connecting and and I don't I don't ever really use the term balance work and personal you know to me it's all one just like you said it's no different right? it's right. it's all our day but how do you help busy working mothers understand how to stay connected with their family and not to feel guilty about oh gosh you weren't there the first you know um, two, three, five years of their life before they started school.
2: Well, you know, it's all going to come back to it's all going to come back to what you what you feel like at the end. And I always say, with no matter what project you're doing, start with the end in mind. Always start with the end in the mind. And the end is going to be when either they're beside your deathbed or you're beside theirs. And sometimes parents go first, and and you're looking back, and you're like, what? You know, what is this relationship? Do I have things I'm sorry for? Uh, because honestly, there's no need for that. We had, a, we had an experience here in our community where we lost several, I think it was eight, young adults in less than a year, and none of them were drug or alcohol related. None of them were suicide. They were all just random, really bizarre things that happened. And we had all these kids dying, and they were kids that my children knew, and our families knew their families. And we all kind of changed how we behaved during that time. Again, something good out of something very bad. We all started saying, I love you, before we left each other. We all made sure that our accounts were balanced before we walked out the door, that we didn't have unspoken things that we didn't take care of. And we realized how really precious life was and how short it was and how important it was for us to take every opportunity and to maximize it. And that's where it's really at, Sherry. And yet yeah, we need quality time with our families, of course. We also need quantity time with our families. And we need to remember that what we say and what we do today matters for the long run and take those those opportunities to, you know, be kind and to reach out and to hug and to be there for each other.
1: Right. And so when you you write, you know, Minute Memoirs. I mean again, what you're talking about, you know, I introed with the importance of a hug. I mean, how long does it take to give someone a hug? Right. Exactly.
2: So it just
1: takes a few seconds.
2: Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah.
1: so when we talk about qualitative or quantitative, sometimes it's just that 30 seconds of a hug before you walk out the door that totally changes and um really nurtures those relationships versus everyone screaming out the door 100 miles an hour, and then you realize at the end of the day, my gosh, I never spoke to my spouse, I never even said hello to my child, or I never hugged anyone in my family.
2: And hugs are so important. In fact, when my husband and I, before we got married, when we were dating, uh, we actually heard this, that study came out for the first time in the early 80s, and we were dating, and it was that you needed everybody needed 11 hugs a day. And we were like, well, wow, this is awesome. <laughs> we can do that. So uh, we were so happy uh, for the information that we needed to hug each other at least 11 times a day. But it's just true that, honestly, a human touch, is so valuable, and especially when your teams get, um, you know, when your teams get into that stage where maybe they prefer not to, it's really okay, Mom. It's okay, Dad. You just throw your arm around the shoulder, or you just give them a big bear hug and pick them up. Even if they don't like it or seem to like it, it's all right. Uh, you love them. You are expressing love in a physical touch that is non-sexual. It's not, they have nothing they have to reciprocate with. They just are receiving a loving human touch, and that's so important.
1: Yes, this is Sherry Hill. You're listening to the Sherry Hill Show with guest Marnie Swedberg, who is author, speaker, consultant, and quite busy in her life. And I do encourage people to go out and check out her website at Marnie M A R N I E dot com. C- kinds of information and resources and interesting things that she's working on. So take advantage of some of her free resources. Uh, by checking out her website. So so when we talk about that, because that's, you know, true. I mean, teenagers, especially boys, you know, gosh, don't hug me in public. Right. Ooh, mom and dad, you're kissing in public. You know, all of that. But again, you're advocating just push through, do it anyway, because those are the things that you're going to look back and go, gosh, um, I, I regret what... hugging too many people, you know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> right, right? Are you ever going to? Right, and you know what's interesting is that the kids whose families are uh, broken apart who don't have a loving relationship with their parents, they watch that hug with longing. And not, you're not doing it for that reason, but you are, again, modeling. And, boy, I, I always tell parents and, and bosses in your businesses it's the same thing. Everybody's looking at you. Your kids are looking at you. Your staff is looking at you. What are you doing? Because what you model is what you get. And so if you want your kids to grow up loving and nurturing other people, their own children someday, their own spouses someday, well, then you need to model it now. And it's okay. Just be the one that does.
1: Right. And then so also, you know, group hug at work, right? Uh, (laughs) It's kind of a joke, but it's real.
2: Absolutely, <laughs> hug hug your staff in a non-sex again, non-sexual way. And and I would teach you know I even taught our boys you know when they were growing up you just stand to the side of someone you don't go full face in them and give them a big bear hug if they're of the opposite sex just put your arm around their shoulder, and and give them a non-sexual hug. And of course, if you have people who have a problem with that, don't do it. But we find in our staff, uh, all of our staff at both Businesses, or all three, we are able to do this with no trouble at all because they understand that it is a Loving gesture instead of something that's meant to take advantage of them.
1: Right. And, you know, we're joked a lot. I belong to, uh, you know, a big women's networking organization. And of course, one of the first things that people notice when they come as a guest is, oh my gosh, everybody's hugging everybody. And you know what's so funny? Is some of the, we might have just seen each other at lunch. Right? (laughs) Yeah. So, but, it, but we, we have so like tough. we haven't seen each other in a year, you know. But it's just oh, it's just our way. That's just awesome. <laughs> that's so awesome. Well, real
2: quick, the other four fifty seconds strategies that you can use to uh, just have a happier family is one of them is to just send tweet style text message. Just really fast, short little ones. Love you. Thinking of you. How's your day? How'd that lunch go? Whatever. Just reach out. And then another one is to take techno breaks, so that's kind of the opposite, is times when you absolutely do not use modern technology and you actually write a letter or go visit them in person or things like that. Another one is meet-and-greet family style, where you just all get together somewhere, hang out in the kitchen, hang out at the meal table, whatever, and another one is, of course, then times. Minute memoirs where you actually use. I, I wrote this book because this is a great way to actually uncover the stuff that's deeper down inside that you would never otherwise hear.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and and also this isn't just related to families, as you said, it extends out to your work environment. But but think of all the people in your life that just a, a smile, even or a or a quick hug or a pat can totally change someone's day. And and really as does. people who understand this then become ambassadors of and like we're not saying you know the big hug but definitely that human touch and just engagement with someone is this the only minute memoir that you wrote on this one or do you write often about different subjects like that well
2: minute memoirs is actually a shared journal so what it is it's it's 171 pages and each page has a question at the top space for people to write their answers and then the name and the date of the, and the you know, space for the person to write the name and the date. So um, who was the president of the United States when you were born? Another section. Which was your favorite Halloween costume to wear? How old were you? Another section. Who is the family comedian? Another section. What is the highest degree you've earned and from which school? So what happens is as you're going through these with your immediate family or with your staff, or a lot of times people will keep these in a care center or in a hospital room, have people fill it out as they come visit instead of a guest book, you are really capturing history and it's so fun to read back through all the answers that people have written and to to have this written down in a way that's doable instead of a whole like a whole life story <laughs> which most people don't have time to write
1: Right. Well, that's interesting. And so I know you're, you know, obviously out there, you help a lot of women in business, but I know that, you know, men and women doesn't really matter, right? I mean, the the goal from what I've understood about you is you're really trying to help people live a full life, a joyful life, and not be, you know, all stressed out about it.
2: Right. And to actually accomplish your God-given purpose. I mean, you're here, you are so unique, Sherry. You are the only you that there will ever be, that there's ever been or will ever be. You're it. And if you hide, if you don't live your life to the full, then we all miss out on that. And, and the world isn't the way it's supposed to be because you're not doing what you were put here to do. And that's true for every listener. That's true for every person who's alive. And that's my heart, is to empower people, to encourage people, and to help people actually maximize what they were put here
1: to do awesome and so you're encouraging people to visit m a r n i e dot com to find out about all of your valuable resources and interesting things that you're doing i'd like marnie to share her abcs of success stick with us this is david freeze i'm an attorney with unruh
0: turner and freeze you're listening to the sherry hill show Sherry Hill is important to me because she provides so many powerful resources to me and to my clients, business people who are looking to protect and pass on their assets. Thank you, Sherry.
3: Is it that time of year to make an appointment? Are you in the market for a mammogram? Instead of a mammogram, why not consider making an appointment for a thermogram? Thermograms are the modern safe alternative to a mammogram. By mapping known thermal changes in the breast tissue that occur when disease is present, a very early detection can be noted and addressed. This breast screening method is totally safe at any age for any type or condition of the breast. And best of all, it is painless. Does not involve any breast compression, no physical contact, and no radiation exposure. A certified medical trained specialist can determine the abnormal changes in a woman's breast. Thermography is not a standalone examination. Along with your physician's direction, the proper secondary screening can be determined should the thermal image indicate a problem. For a free consultation on whether or not this is the right choice for you, call Thermal Imaging Consultants today, 356-0200. That's 356-0200. Or check them out on the web at thermogramexam.com.
2: This is Marnie Swedberg from War Road, Minnesota, United States of America, and you are listening to the Sherry Hill Show. Sherry Hill is encouraging and invigorating. Thank you, Sherry.
1: My guest, Marnie Swedberg, in addition to hosting numerous websites, generating millions of hits per year, is the author of 13 books, manages the family restaurant and retail store, hosts her own radio talk show, plus does media and speaking appearances. Marnie shares her broad experience as she mentors thousands of super busy leaders with her unique approach to being busy, that's B-U-S-Y, best unique strategies for you. As the web hostess of womenspeakers.com, the largest online directory of its kind in the world, she connects, influences, and encourages millions of women each year. So Marnie, glad you're here with me today.
2: Oh, great to be here, Sherry. Thank you.
1: So I would like for you to talk about something you're quite passionate about, which is the ABCs of success.
2: Oh, I love to talk about this because we're all just doing life at the level that we know how to do it. So either we learned this from our parents or from mentors or from reading books or somehow we learned to do life the way we do it. But people who have reached a high level of success, and I call them top-tier achievers, that they would be people like Olympians or presidents of countries or CEOs of large corporations, people like that. Their time, the pressures on them, the decisions that they make uh, affect so many people, but they really have to do things a little differently. And it, just working with a lot of leaders and then doing a lot of research, I um, came up with some ABCs that can help us to adapt and adopt some of these in our own life so that we can have some of the benefit of the things that they've learned how to do based on just the need to know how to do them to be who they are at their level of success. So should I just start with A? Please. Okay, so A stands for assess and assign value. So everything that you do, you want to just pause and you want to assign it a value. First of all, you're going to assess it and make sure that you need to have it in your life. (laughs) So there are things in your life right now That you really don't need and when you do the assessment of the different aspects of your life you might decide you know i used to or i've been spending however long it is doing this and such or thinking about this or not doing this and having it weigh weigh me down or whatever and you're going to say do i need this do i not need it and you're going to assign it a value and you're going to say okay i do need it so let's talk about commuting let's say that you work 20 miles or 20 minutes from home And so your commute every day is 20 minutes. And you've assigned it value because you like your job or you like your business. That's what you want to do. And so you've got this commute. Well, now that you've assessed it and you know that you need the commute, now you assign it value, okay, you're going to have the commute because it's going to get you where you want to be. And then you're going to decide what you're going to do during that commute. So a lot of people spend their entire commute being angry at other drivers or being brain dead, or whatever they (laughs) use their commute for. Whereas someone who has reached a high level of success usually would use that time to do something. They will either be learning something, uh, they will be communicating with someone. Uh, A lot of times what I do when I'm doing the commute is I'm actually memorizing something that's going to be helpful to me. And you assign them a value that this is so valuable to you. Then you want to take it to the next level and you want to accept it, and you want to use it for something that will take you forward instead of just something that you have to put up with. Is that making sense to you, Sherry?
1: Yes. Yeah, I totally get it. And again, because it's not just 20 minutes, it's actually 40, the to and from. So 40 minutes times five is, you know, however many minutes. (laughs)
2: Right. And in I your life. People, and I know people who it's <laughs> two hours a day, you yeah. know, two to three hours a day. Uh, you know, and and the thing that's interesting to me is how many people really don't have any kind of a conscious decision attached to what happens during their commute time. And this can be applied to everything, whether you're waiting in lobbies waiting in line at the grocery store, all of these times that you have, that you've assessed it and you go, okay, I need to, I need to go to the doctor or I need to get groceries, I need to wait in line. Okay, you've assessed it and you've assigned it a value, you're going to do it. But now you have to put your brain to it and say, how am I going to make this a positive influence in my life? Because it's my life. (laughs) If you don't make it a positive influence, nobody else is going to for you. So you just have to do that yourself. So it's an assigned value. And then B stands for batch. And batching is so important, and we know how to batch. When we make a batch of cookies, we don't make one cookie. That would be silly. We make a whole batch at one time. When we go to the gas station, we don't put in one gallon. We fill the tank. But in all kinds of other areas in our lives, we don't batch. We just do it one thing at a time. We take one phone call, one email open letters one at a time you know whatever it is we don't batch it and we lose a lot of time by doing that so sherry when you think about batching do you have a way that you batch that other people may be able to benefit from
1: well when i think of errands right so i never just run out and do one errand i think of my whole week and, you know, future forward and go, what are all the things or places that I need to run to as an errand? Is there a way that I can lump all those together in one time period so it's done, and then I'm not constantly running out and, oh, my gosh, I was just over here yesterday. Why didn't I think about doing that? So efficiency. Yes.
2: (laughs) Yeah, Beautiful. And I've written a book called Kitchen Shortcuts. And what I used to do, um, the, the, the inspiration for Kitchen Shortcuts came from the once-a-month cooking process, where one day a month, you spend the whole day cooking, and then for the rest of the month, you've got everything ready to go, and you can just throw meals together real quickly. Well, I love that, except that then when my second child was born, I could no longer find the one day a month. It was like, there is not a whole day I can set aside, and so I couldn't do it. So I came up with a system called One Mess, Many Meals. And it's just a batching system. So if you're going to do a certain process in the kitchen, you might as well really do it. You've already got the mess. Uh, You're already in the kitchen. Why not make enough for four meals or eight meals while you're doing the one meal? So then you have the benefit of the one meal um, tonight, and then you have uh, all the benefits of the other meals ready to go um, in the future based on the work that you did today. And so there's these kind of things that we can do that make a big difference in our productivity just by batching instead of single iteming it out.
1: Yeah, I'm total agreement. I like that philosophy.
2: C, C stands
1: for calculate.
2: You actually wanna do some kind of calculating in your head about what's more valuable and what's less valuable. A lot of times the average person, really someone who's not in that top tier achiever level, has the luxury Of just doing whatever you know we just go along and and do whatever but what we see is that someone like a president or a CEO uh, has to make calculations they have to decide okay I have four engagements that I could go to which one is it going to be but there's uh, a phrase that really saved me (laughs) I've taught it to so many people and it goes like this every time I say yes to something I have, in effect, said no to something else. And every time I say no to something, I have, in effect, said yes to something else. So, Sherry, when we get to the calculation part, we need to actually identify what we're giving up to do what we're deciding whether or not to do. And so if I'm going to go to a meeting, that means I can't do anything else during that hour or, if it's across the country, that days. So I have to say, okay, what am I giving up to say yes to this? Because you're never really just saying yes or no, you're always saying yes and no. And a lot of us don't really get that.
1: Right. Well, and then, you know, just from a uh, planning standpoint as well, you know, looking at your whole life. And so it's not just yes or no in business. It's if you're saying, yes, I'll meet you for drinks after work. Are you saying no then to showing up to your kid's soccer game? Absolutely. And so it's so important. And so I do love that statement. And that's not the first time I've heard it. And value it as well, because, you know, now as you're thinking about decisions or the priorities in your life or how you're going to spend your time, understanding, just as you said, whatever you say yes to, you say no to something else. And how is that domino affecting the rest of your life?
2: I think it gives us so much freedom to say no, because what happens for a lot of people is that the person standing in front of you has the greater weight or authority in the decision because they're right there in front of you. <laughs> but you may actually want to give your children, or your staff, or someone else greater authority than the person standing in front of you. And this uh, this perspective helps. I, I do a training with our staff at the restaurant. Is that if a person calls in an order for five p.m., they actually rank in advance or in front of people who walk in um, at 5 o'clock. The person who called in advance was there first. And it's the same kind of thing. The staff has a hard time to do that because, honestly, they can see the person in the lobby, but they can't see the person who called in. And so it's very difficult for us to actually give the right weight to the most important thing or to the person who was there first. And it's something that we can learn if we just remember every time I say no, I am saying yes. Every time I say yes, I am saying no.
1: It's a good message to anchor into your brain because simple stuff today, but when you look at your, your whole life, you know, lay out your calendar for the month, for the year, and really figure out what matters to you. As you said, your you're A, assess and assign value And then B, the batching, which is really about productivity. And then C, which is really to understand that you got to be in control of your life. You got to be in control of your time. And you have to be in control of how you want to structure your day, your week, your month, so that you're not running around like a chicken with your head cut off. This is about being joyful and in purpose and having fun and, and living life to its fullest.
2: Right, because you do have a limited number of hours. You do have limited resources and commodities. And so, therefore, every time that you invest them somewhere, whether it's your time or your attention or your stress or whatever it is, you're taking it away from something else. And so this calculation step is really important. And then the next one is D for delegate. Or do? And this one, actually, Sherry, a lot of small business owners, I, I really spend a lot of time on this one because a lot of small business owners talk themselves out of delegation because they feel like they can't afford it. But I love to use the examples of, well, let me just ask you, Sherry, do you grow all of your own vegetables and all of your own, like, cattle and, and uh, have your own chickens in the backyard, or do you delegate some of that responsibility to a grocery store?
1: Grocery store.
2: Yeah, okay, and how about, do you uh, grow your own um, cotton and uh, you have a loom and make your own, you know, uh, silk and all that for your own clothes, or do you delegate some of that to a store?
1: Yeah, I flunked HOMAC, so it's totally delegated.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Right, and like for me, I don't run around and deliver all my own mail. I actually delegate that to the U.S. government or to the UPS or whatever. And so we, we have these ways that we already delegate, but we don't call it that. But we know that it's the most reasonable way to do life. And we say, I have to do that. I have to delegate that. I could possibly go over to California today and to New York tomorrow to deliver these. Of course, that doesn't make any sense. But in other areas, we don't do it because we talk ourselves out of it and we say, I can't afford it. And so I really, really encourage you, if you are a small business owner, that you look at everything you're doing and you only do those things that only you can do And you find ways to delegate the rest of the work as quickly as possible. And that is going to change your business.
1: Exactly. We're either going to pick up on the ABCs because we only got to D, or I want to learn from Marnie, her favorite strategies for hassle-free holiday planning. We'll be right back.
3: Is it that time of year to make an appointment? Are you in the market for a mammogram? Instead of a mammogram, why not consider making an appointment for a thermogram? Thermograms are the modern safe alternative to a mammogram. By mapping known thermal changes in the breast tissue that occur when disease is present, a very early detection can be noted and addressed. This breast screening method is totally safe at any age for any type or condition of the breast. And best of all, it is painless, does not involve any breast compression, no physical contact, and no radiation exposure. A certified medical training specialist can determine the abnormal changes in a woman's breast. Thermography is not a stand-alone examination. Along with your physician's direction, the proper secondary screening can be determined should the thermal image indicate a problem. For a free consultation on whether or not this is the right choice for you, call Thermal Imaging Consultants today, 356-0200. That's 356-0200. Or check them out on the web at thermogramexam.com.
0: Sage International Incorporated sparks and fuels the entrepreneurial spirit by providing the strategies, information, education, tools, resources, and ongoing support services that will lay a solid foundation under a business owner's dream. If you're thinking of starting a business and you're not sure where to begin, Sage International Incorporated offers a free 30-minute consultation. Call 1-800-254-5779. That's 1-800-254-5779. Or visit sageintl.com.
4: I'm Brian Cassidy, owner of Junk King Reno. We know you like a clean house and a clean yard, but sometimes things are too big, too heavy, or too much. That's when you should call us Junk King Reno. We're the professionals in the junk and rubbish removal business. Our team comes to your home to pick up what you need to dispose of. You don't need to gather and haul it to the curb. We recycle and donate everything possible before we visit a landfill. We're fully insured and bonded. Call Junk King Reno, 888-888-JUNK. Junk King Reno, locally owned and operated. Hello, this is Mike Fossey, Registered Principal at Financial Educators Network. I'm on the Sherry Hill Show next weekend, Saturday at 5 p.m. and Sunday at 8 a.m. on 99.1 FM Talk Radio. This will be an exciting and important radio show that you won't want to miss. We're making the pieces fit when it comes to your hard-earned money. Tune in to the Sherry Hill Radio Show next weekend.
1: The holidays offer plenty of reasons to be stressed out and anxious. The gifts you haven't wrapped, the pile of cookie exchange invites, the office parties. But for many, the biggest source of holiday stress is family. The family dinner, the obligations, and the burden of family tradition. Marnie Swedberg is the author of 13 how-to books, the host of numerous websites generating millions of hits per year, a radio talk show host, and she also oversees two businesses in the retail and restaurant industries. So, Marnie, before we talk about your favorite strategies for taking the hassle out of your holidays, I want to finish on our previous segment. We were talking about the ABCs of success, and we got... A through D, but I know you have an E to share.
2: (laughs) I do, (laughs) I do. So if if A is assign or assess and assign value and B is batch, C is calculate, D is delegate or do it, and E is evaluate. So the A and the E are kind of like bookends on that. First you assess and you assign value and then you are always evaluating so that you don't just lock yourself in, you know, one decision for life. Again, we talked earlier uh, in this program about the, need of change now, and you have to stay evaluating everything, or you're just going to get run over. And that same principle applies to how you think about the holidays.
1: Right, right. Well, and just to kind of tag on that subject, though, I mean, you know, awesome time of year to have people really review their, their year behind and look at, you know, what did they prioritize, did they reach any goals, what did they say yes to, that they said no to instead... And really (laughs) taking the time and, you know, centering yourself to really figure out and evaluating what were the priorities you chose this last year, what is going to change for you, if anything, in the new year, and really evaluating your time and energy and resources that you burned through this past year.
2: Right. And I like to bring it home. I do a a holiday planning boot camp over at Marnie.com that helps you to clearly identify what's going to happen to you and through you during the next you know, few weeks here as the holidays approach because a lot of the preparation that happens during the holiday season falls on mom's shoulders, um, guys you get involved in, I know, but uh, women really carry a lot of the responsibility for all of the extra work and it is a ton of extra work that happens during the holiday season. And what happens to a lot of gals is that um, you know, Sherry, women are motivated predominantly by love. Um, everything that they're doing during the holidays, they're doing to really make it a nice time for their families. And then there's the other motivation, which is obligation, where if you don't do it, ain't nobody going to do it, and it's got to get done, so you got to do it. But uh, what happens is that if we just plow through like that, a lot of times what happens is that uh, mom either gets sick Uh, right around the holidays or right after the holidays or uh, even maybe worse, uh, um, a little emotional meltdown, Uh, you know, on Christmas Day or something like that. Somebody says something or does something that's the last straw and she's already exhausted and has really given more than she anticipated she would need to. And, uh, you know, what I try to do is work with women so that that does not happen because what happens is when you have that meltdown, when everybody's together, Nobody remembers all the work that you did. Everybody remembers the meltdown. And that is a tragedy that I don't want any women to have to live through. And so that's why I work with gals on this holiday planning um, program that I do.
1: Yeah. And, you know, so again, how do you, because, you know, it's tradition, right? And so you talk a lot about really evaluating particular traditions in your life. So what is it you help women understand, and men, of course, um, about the evaluation of these particular traditions?
2: You know what's so fun is that there's just a little worksheet that I have, but I can tell you about it right here. So you just write down a long list, just write down all the traditions that you can think of that your family actually participates in. And everything you do at the holidays is a tradition, so all you have to do to identify whether it's a tradition or not is say, does every family in the world do it this way? And the answer is that no, there probably no other family in the world does everything exactly the way you guys do. Sure, some other families do, some of what you do, but your combination is unique to you. And then once you have that long list written down, then you just put down, there's a section that's called, who cares? <laughs> and you just write down in the column, who cares? Like, who's invested in this? So, like, if Aunt, you know, if Aunt Janet and Uncle Henry are the only two who care about the Taffy Poll, honestly, you don't have to carry the responsibility of the Taffy Poll anymore. All you do is you contact aunt, you know, Janet, and you say, you know, Janet, I have got so much going on this year, and I've got all this stuff that I'm doing, and I love the happy poll, but I'm wondering if you and Uncle Henry would be able to take care of that for me, because I just am not going to be able to do it. And what you'll probably hear back as soon as you try to give responsibility to someone else they will probably say, oh, you know, we were just doing it for the kids. We don't really care. And you know what? You've been doing all kinds of things for many years that nobody even cares about, but because you didn't know that, because you didn't assess it or you didn't evaluate it, you've been doing it. And so I just encourage you, do this little project, and you're going to find out that there's several things on your list of to-dos that can just go away.
1: I know it. You, you get into this, I don't want to call it a rut, but it's like, you know, every year, this time of year from, you know, beginning of November to after the new year or after Super Bowl anymore, and it's like you find that you're doing the same thing every year. That perception of perfection, and there's no such thing as perfect, especially when it comes to families.
2: Well, and also, you know, what's perfect from your perspective isn't perfect from everybody else's. So you can work really hard to make it all really perfect, and somebody can say, you know, well, where's the blank? And, and you know, to them, it wasn't perfect because you couldn't get in their head and get it just the way they would have done it.
1: One time, you know, I I love to make fresh cranberry sauce. You buy the bags, you boil it, you add the sugar, and it's just, it tastes so good, fresh cranberry sauce, and literally someone at the table said, well, don't you have canned?
2: Yeah, right. <laughs> Exactly. There's always going to be something. And the thing is that if you have actually made a conscious decision in the beginning that you're doing it this way because this is the way you want to do it, you're going to be fine with comments like that. It's when you really are doing it out of obligation to everybody else, that's really when those kind of comments are going to sting and burn. And if you're overtired or you're, you're crumbling on the inside of it's not gonna it's not gonna happen. There's right. not gonna be a good ending.
1: Right. If people want to really understand, you know, the scope of all that you do, you mentor, you speak, you coach, you do all kinds of stuff, where would you like them to go to find you?
2: Oh yeah, for sure. Just go to Marney dot com. M-A-R-N-I-E dot com.
1: Awesome. And a lot of resources, a lot of uh, really cool information, and you bring on because you have your own radio show and all that you have a lot of experts and guests out there that people can tap into and learn from as well, and so that's uh, how you and I make a great connection because we're all about sharing the wealth and knowledge of others, so that's very cool.
2: well, thank you so much for having me on sherry
1: well i'm going to wish you uh, happy holidays uh stress free holidays. And looking forward to you and I connecting again soon. So Marnie Thank Swedberg you. was my guest and we'll pick it up next week. The
0: Sherry Hill Show values the role we play in supporting the economic engine driving this country. Small business, the backbone of America. Send her a message on Facebook.com Sherry Hill Show and tune in next week. Same time, same station for the Sherry Hill Show.